0: You're listening to Dumb Down Tech, where we break down tech concepts and we go back to the basics. Good morning, everybody. We're here with Callahan Walsh from the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, also known as NCMEC, to discuss Internet safety for minors and what parents can do for their children to keep them safe. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children?
1: Hey everybody. I'm uh, Callahan Walsh. Uh, my parents actually co-founded the National Center back in 1984 after my brother Adam Walsh uh, went missing from South Florida in 1981. It's an organization I always thought I would find myself working someday. I've always had a passion since I was uh, young about the organization. Luckily, I was able to when I was living in Washington, D.C., I was able to migrate from television over to the National Center about six years ago. I worked for my father as a producer for America's Most Wanted. I know many of your your listeners are, are probably familiar with that show. And I made my way over to the National Center about six years ago, working there full time. And now I live back in my home state of Florida. We have a, a Florida branch office where I'm the executive director here. And simultaneously, I host In Pursuit the Missing, which is a, a show on missing individuals on investigation discovery and co-host In Pursuit with John Walsh, which is similar to America's Most Wanted. We profile wanted fugitives and, and hope uh, the public can, can give us tips that and, and lead to the uh, apprehension or takedown of a fugitive or in the case of In Pursuit the Missing reunification. But the National Center is an incredible organization, nonprofit that my parents co-founded, an organization that's helped recover over three hundred and eighty thousand missing children since its inception. Organization that runs the Cyber Tip Line, which is a reporting mechanism for child sexual abuse online. Incredible work that's done there at the center, whether it's from Finding missing children, reducing child exploitation, and preventing future victimization—you know—that's our job every day. Is to come in and, and to make sure that uh, we find America's missing children and to prevent future victimization as well. We believe prevention is key, and we want to make sure that children don't go missing or become exploited in the first place.
0: And it's a it's a huge deal with everything that's been going on as well, specifically with internet safety and how that affects children now, you know, what kind of safeguards do you think that parents or guardians can help with their children so that they don't go missing or they don't get exposed to predators?
1: Right. And we really have seen an uptick in reports to the cyber tip line during this COVID pandemic. Uh, We know children and adults are all experiencing increased screen time. And so there's more opportunities to harm children. And the internet has been, you know, has created life for the better in, in so many ways but it has created new ways to harm and exploit kids as well. And with that increased screen time, we've seen chatter on the dark web uh, amongst exploiters, sharing best practices, tips, talking about how this is the the perfect time to groom and lure children online, to extort them, to sextort them uh, online. And it's frightening to see that, but that's what parents have to understand. That's so important for parents to understand that these dangers do exist online and children are susceptible to them you know during this pandemic you know we're all inside together and i think that lulls parents into a false sense of security because they see their child right there on the couch oh my kid's home they're safe but that parent doesn't always know who that child is talking to online you know we carry these cell phones with us everywhere we go but they're now they go into the bathroom with us and in, into uh, the bedroom at night you know the computer used to be in a central location usually in in the house but now with all of us running around with these smartphones in our pocket really goes everywhere with us. And parents just need to have those ongoing conversations with their kids about safety so they can empower them to make safe and smart decisions.
0: I completely agree with you because I'm in IT security. And so that's my main field of focus. And I've been dealing with a lot of parents this last year and even children who have come up and asked me when they see me doing IT work, you know, Hey, how can I protect myself? I, I've seen all these people start messaging me And so really, it's really a good time to start educating parents and kids alike because, hey, nobody expected us all to be online and the screen time has, what, 10X probably in the amount of time of of COVID. So there's definitely been a change of how people social interact with each other. Everything's online. So, you know, what forms or what resources are there for children and parents alike that they can go and tap into to get educated about what's going on.
1: Right. As you said it yourself, it can be difficult for parents, right? Not all of them grew up with the internet. Not all parents are tech savvy. That knowledge gap is oftentimes so severe between children and parents and how well, they can, you know, manipulate their devices. You know, children—the average age for a child to receive their first cell phone in America is just ten years old, and by that time, they've already been on the brother and sister's tablet, phone, mom and dad's laptop, what have you, and. So children are getting online younger and younger. And so that's why we have to start having these conversations with kids about safety as soon as they get online. As soon as they start using the Internet, that's when parents need to parent up and talk to their kids about making safe decisions. But, again, that can be difficult for parents because not all of them know that much about the Internet or grew up with it. And so we try to make resources accessible for parents at the National Center, a program called the NetSmarts program. It's got great resources for kids, but great resources for parents too, because a parent can go blue in the face trying to track their child's digital breadcrumb trail all day long. However, the parent really isn't the one that's always going to be there to protect the child in case something happens, right? It's the parent that needs to empower the child to understand and spot risky situations and learn how to avoid them. You know, the the parent can't really always be there. They have to empower their children to make these safe decisions, and they have to do that through education. And and a big part of education is simply just having talks with your kids about safety early and often, you know, make it... a regular thing at the din- dining room table, on the way to the school bus stop or the way to the grocery store, talk about it in the car. make safety conversations a regular part of the conversations you're having with your children because then it's not a big, scary combo where your parents sits a kid down on the couch and has this talk with them. You know, make it a, a regular thing. Look for teachable moments in the news and talk to your kids about what they're doing online, who they're talking to, and what kind of behavior they're expressing. You know, it's just so important for parents to really do that parent up and be involved in their child's online life.
0: Yeah. And I got to say that I completely agree with the empowerment point. I think we should highlight that because parents will not be able to see their kids, what they're doing hundred percent of the time. Even if you put tracking things on the phone, there's always a friend's phone that they can use. There's always another app that they can hide information. There's always another VPN. So there's so many ways around it. And guess what? Kids are smarter than parents when it comes yeah. to technology. So <laughs> glad that you, you're you empowering parents to actually talk to their children because I feel that's a missing link. And most of the times when I deal with security issues, specifically it specifically has to do with children. It's usually because the parents are not involved. So it's good to hear that, you know, parents do need to get empowered to be able to do that. Absolutely,
1: And the NetSmart's program created by the National Center, All the tips, all of the resources, all the information there is informed by our cyber tip line reports and our analysis of those reports. So because it's all research-based, it's things that are happening now. You know, the internet moves at lightning speed, and and the trends in which exploiters use to harm children change as well, too. That's why we have to make sure that the information we're putting out there to the public and to parents and educators and community leaders to help safeguard children is accurate and it's informative. But the resources there are also for kids, too, because, again, it's it's about the child that has to be educated and empowered to understand a risky situation. So we have some incredible resources for kids, including an animated series called Into the Cloud, which actually just released its second season through different situations and scenarios. Children learn how to make safe and smart decisions. But there, it looks like a cartoon a child would watch on a Saturday morning, you know. We want to educate these children, but you have to do that by entertaining them as well, too. It's got to be fun for kids. And so at the, at the National Center, the NetSmarts program, you know, it looks like any other cartoon that they would already be watching, except for it has great messages in it and great information. I kind of call it like sticking vitamins in the junk food, if you will, right? Putting all these safety messages into a, a format that children are, are going to Uh, absorb, because that's what's important, right? We want children to not just understand, but to remember the lessons being taught in these different safety scenarios and situations. And so want to make sure that it's, it's simple and easy for especially young kids to understand, but also that it's age appropriate because the conversation and, and the safety messaging for young children about online safety is vastly different than the messaging for older teens and tweens about how to be safe online. And so the resources need to change, but those discussions from the parents need to change too. And so we have great discussion guides that help arm parents with great tips on how to have successful conversations with their kids about safety.
0: Man, that's a lot of good information and resources. I'm definitely gonna look at that for my own kids as well. You know, even though I'm a security guy, it's always better to have more education and specifically educate them. So that's that's something I'll definitely look into. Thank you for giving us that information because I know a lot of people need that resource and now they have that resource.
1: Yep. In fact, NetSmart's just celebrated its 20th anniversary, which is you know, ancient for an online safety program. You know, When it started in 2001, the internet looked a lot different back then. Um, we you know, keep putting out new resources and new information, uh, and it's free to parents. It's free to parents. It's free to educators. It's a great program by the National Center. Uh, listeners can go to missingkids.org, click on the education tab, and get all the resources right there
0: at their fingertips. That's great. You got me on hooked on it already. So. <laughs> Perfect. One sold customer. <laughs> you got one sold customer in twenty years. Congratulations. That's that's really amazing. Thank you. I do want to talk a quick a little bit about end-to-end encryption because I know a lot of people don't understand what this means, and really, it means that everything's secure from your device to the other device, which means there's no trackability, there's no insight how is this affecting children and predators in that space with end-to-end encryption and do people do you think it's you're for it or against it well we're looking for a better solution at the
1: national center because we take personal safety and personal security and privacy very seriously and so we know and we, we challenge the tech industry to come up with a better solution because e2e if implemented the way some are suggesting will severely cripple the ability to be able to track child pornography or child sexual abuse material that's traded amongst these exploiters. Now, those images are all sent to the National Center, images of of child sexual exploitation, and are are analyzed. So we try to determine who that child is, who the perpetrator is, when and where that image was taken, if the child is known missing, if they've been recovered, try to add as much information and and hand that over to law enforcement as possible, what we do is create a hash value for all of those images, and that hash value is then shared out with internet service providers. So if that hash value, an image that matches uh, you know, a known image, a hash value crosses their system that matches a known image of, of child sexual abuse known to the National Center, it'll flag that image without having to go in and read anybody's messages. It's not an invasion of privacy. It's just simply recognizing a string of numbers. And if that is taken away, that will severely reduce the effectiveness of preventing individuals from trading and distributing child pornography or child sexual abuse material. So, you know, again, we challenge the tech industry to come up with a solution that allows for You know, organizations and law enforcement to be able to determine if child pornography or child sexual abuse material is being traded. But EDE right now will severely handcuff the ability to do that. And so, again, we we challenge the tech industry. We know there are a a bunch of smart individuals there. We value privacy to the utmost, and we want a solution that keeps our citizens' information and, and the conversations they're having private, but at the same time safeguards our children as well.
0: That's probably the best answer I've heard from an end-to-end conversation because <laughs> it always goes really far left or really far right. And, you know, it's, you're basically saying, hey, end-to-end is great. But at the same time, let's make sure that there's a way for us to be able to track predators. Absolutely. You, you have to have a
1: sobered uh, approach to this because you're right. The, the conversations tend to go extremely in, you know, in one way or, or extremely, you know, in the other, or one side is, oh, you know, this is the way the government is going to be able to read all your emails, or the other side is, you know, personal privacy is the utmost. And, you know, we, that's the number one thing. And if children are being harmed, uh, whatever, that's, a, you know, that's okay, whatever. I don't know, you know, there's just so far on either side of the spectrum that I think we really have to have a sobered opinion about this, these things and understand that safety and security is is huge. But, you know, protecting our children is a big issue as well, too. And to come up with a solution that, that can accomplish both, I think, is really where we need to come together.
0: Great. And now I wanted to ask you, because mobile phones, cell phones, everybody has them now, right? There's so many apps out there. There's so many ways to communicate with people. What are your probably top three recommendations for children and parents on how to manage a mobile phone and protect it and keep keep their children safe?
1: So I always tell parents three things. Number one is try to understand the technology the best you can. You know, we, we get it that parents are, are busy. You know, they may not have grown up with the internet, but talk to your kids about the apps that they're using and download them yourself. The best way to figure out how an app works is to get on it. Sign up for those apps, create a profile, friend your child. Number two is to set ground rules and stick to them, especially if there's been bad behavior in the past. You know, it's not recommended that every parent looks through every message that their child has ever sent. That can be an impossible task. We understand parents with teens, they want to have that bond of trust. But a parent usually has paid for that cell phone. They pay for the data plan or the Wi-Fi account. And that child is the responsibility of that parent until the child turns 18. So The parent has every right to go into a cell phone, go into a tablet, see what's going on. So set ground rules and stick to them, especially if there's been bad behavior. Second, I mean, third is to have those ongoing conversations with kids about safety because again, a can't, parent can't always be there. So have those conversations early and often, and look for those teachable moments. Talk to your children about you know who they're talking to and what they're doing online. So again, it's try to understand the technology, set ground rules and stick to them, and have ongoing conversations with your kids about safety.
0: Great. So now we have some good resources. We have good tips. I think children and parents both alike are going to be able to benefit from this organization and all of the resources that you guys have. Can you give us an idea of how I or an organization or anybody out there in the world will be able to help contribute to the organization and what we can do to help missing children as well?
1: Sure. Well, the National Center for Missing Exploited Children is a nonprofit. And just like any other nonprofit, we take in donations to keep our doors open. So, of course, a donation to the National Center, you can go to missingkids.org and make a donation there. Donations are huge. It allows us to do the tough work that we're able to do. Inherently, because of the dark nature of our issue, we don't have a whole army team of volunteers. You know, the the issues that we deal with take trained professionals and donations to our organization allow us to get the best and brightest our country has to offer and make sure that our children are safe. Secondly, it's as simple as sharing an image of a missing child on social media. It takes eyeballs to to look at those images. You know, these children are still missing because law enforcement has hit a dead end. And all it takes is just one individual, one person out there to spot that child and say, I know who that kid is. I know where they are right now to call up that number and make that tip. And it's just so important. You don't realize that one share on social media, sharing one image of a missing child, could lead in the reunification of that missing child and their family. And so, you know, donations are great. I o- always want people to donate to our organization, but it's really it's as simple, simple as sharing an image on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Snap, whatever. Go to our social media handles. They're all at Missing Kids. Uh, whether it's Facebook or, or Twitter or what have you, all of our handles are at Missing Kids. Go there, look for a missing poster or go to missingkids.org and find a missing child from your local area and share that image. Really, you could help save a life.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. You share one post and then somebody posts something on YouTube or on any, maybe TikTok and you see it's somebody, hey, I knew them, you know, and, you know, it's just all the the more eyes on one person, the the better you're going to find them, you know, eventually. So for the IT community, I know that there's a lot of people like me who actually got into IT security because we wanted to catch child predators. We wanted to keep children safe. And that's why I personally got into it. Is there an opportunity for the IT community or guys like me to be able to help your foundation and what we know is IT security and and help you guys find missing children?
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's two things. I think one is creating that solution to E right? One that works for, for everybody. But number two is to make sure that the organizations, the companies that you're working for, if they're an ISP or if they are a, a service platform, to make sure that they're reporting any instances of child sexual abuse to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, to use the cyber tip line and to report any of those instances. Be a supporter of the cyber tip line. It's federally mandated, so we get reports, you know. By the, the major corporations who, who do have to play ball. But a lot of times, some of the smaller shops that pop up might not know all the federal regulations around new platforms and, and services they're providing. And so learn more about the National Center, learn about the cyber tip line, and make sure you're reporting.
0: And that's a great point. I think there's also a lot of people who actually see somebody who has child pornography on their computer, and most of the time they try to stay silent because they're scared. Mm -hmm. So they can report it to your organization, but what are the things they should do when they see something like that? If they see something, they should contact law enforcement and
1: contact the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. You know, I think a lot of people have a misconception around child sexual abuse material or child pornography, where if the person isn't creating it or they're not harming a child, what's the big deal? That is a big deal. There really is a big deal because every time a child's image or video is downloaded and shared, that child is being re-exploited. And so we see individuals go, oh, I never harmed a child. I just downloaded some files online. But those files are the worst experience a child's ever gone through. And this is the innocence uh, of this child being taken away. And the fact that you are downloading these and sharing them, those are really serious crimes. And so if you see somebody else doing that or you know individuals, do the right thing,
0: and make a report. Thank you for that. Uh, That's a lot of great information. And yes, everybody, please report those types of things. It's not just viewing it one time. It gets shared thousands of times. And then, like Callahan is saying, it, it continues to hurt that child multiple times. It's exponential. So if you can stop it at its tracks, please stop that at its tracks. Well, I'd like to give you this time and give you the floor to discuss anything that we may have not talked about So I'm going to open it up to you for any other last thoughts that you have.
1: No, I just appreciate you having me on. You know, I think internet safety and child safety is just so important, especially right now during the pandemic with all the increased screen time that everybody's seeing. I think it's more important now than ever to have these conversations. And it's tough because a lot of this education, online safety was done through the schools. And of course, with virtual learning. Schools are having a tough time just teaching math these days. So these sort of extracurricular programs and, and education, really, it's up to the parents now to, to make sure that these children are getting the supplemented uh, information. And again, I think it's more important now than ever because these children are spending so much time online. And this is the time that we do need to be talking to kids about online safety and making safe and smart decisions. So I, I just thank you guys for covering this and, and having me on. And I really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you very much, Callahan. We really appreciate it as well because this is uh, dear to my heart as well because why I started IT security. So, awesome. um, thank you for everything you've done personally and for the organization and all your volunteers. I'm also part of a nonprofit, so I understand the difficulty of making sure things continue to run and giving donations. So, it's got to keep the lights on deal. somehow. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, listeners out there, please go to their website, please donate, look at their handle at Missing Kids. And you'll be able to keep a track with social media and keep in touch. Yep, exactly. Thank you, Callahan. I really appreciate your time. This meant a lot to us and me personally. So I will definitely spread the word and get people to uh, you know, help and volunteer and donate however I can.
1: Perfect. Thanks a bunch. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, thank you. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. We have enjoyed you listening today and we'll be back again next week. Today's dumbed-down tech is sponsored by Corporate Design Solutions. To learn more, please visit their website at corpdesignsolutions.com or feel free to give them a call at 702-350-1000.